I like to start right away by saying how mountain biking saved my life. You know, Ram Das said it best that we're all here just walking each other home. Hello everyone and welcome back to The Start Life. I'm your host Lisa Leonard and I am so glad to be back here hosting this podcast. It has been a long time since our last episode and so I apologize for the extended break. There's been a lot going on but I'm hoping to to be able to get into some some normality um, here uh, now. So obviously this is a crazy time in the world right now. We have the COVID-19 pandemic is going on and I know that it's affecting everyone's lives in various shapes and forms and I hope that everyone, I hope this all finds you safe and well. I hope everyone's able to um, to achieve that social distancing that is really going to be able to help and to all of our first responders our nurses doctors our essential workforce that are keeping uh, society going through all this we honestly thank you from the bottom of our hearts and and really hope that everyone is safe and well so you know what better time to get back on the air than a time when you know people need a little pick me up and something to listen to that is maybe not just your normal uh, scary news broadcast. Um, which, yeah, it's important to to be listening to the news and staying informed. But you know what? Here's here's a podcast episode, just a wee bit something different for you. So. On today's podcast, I interviewed a friend of ours, Wes, from Vermont, and uh, we got together about uh, a month ago, back in March, uh, to ride here in Vegas. He was out here uh, visiting uh, with Jake, and, and they travelled uh, with his girlfriend, Kyla. They also travelled down to Mexico to host a yoga retreat down there, so... Um, I was super excited to get the opportunity to actually sit down with Wes. I've been following him for um, a few years now and and he's such an inspiring uh, individual and has uh, a wellness facility up in Vermont called the Milldale Centre for Wellness. If you go and check them out on Instagram, it's a beautiful facility up there, but Anyway, we were able to sit down and have a chit chat about uh, mental health, about cycling, about the, the Centre for Wellness and, and just get a little bit of a backstory. So enough of me gibbering on. Uh, without further ado, I'd like to introduce to the Start Life podcast, Wes. So I'm sitting here with Wes. How are you? Good. It's such a pleasure to finally hang out with you and spend time with you. Thank you. I know. I feel like it's been it's been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah, we had an intimate mountain bike ride the other day when I crashed into the earth. But yes. now we get to sit in chairs and yeah. be more grounded. <laughs> and chill out a little bit more. Yeah, it was fun. How have you enjoyed riding over here in the West Coast? Uh, it's just, it's amazing. It's a whole nother experience um you know i do miss the green trees of vermont and shredding out there but this is just such a treat and really is a testament to your riding skill and ability and mm -hmm. really puts me to the edge and and shows me also how i still got it i'm still a good rider for sure absolutely <laughs> you know? and like and you guys haven't just been here in in las vegas you've been out in sedona too yeah. and and we checking out some of our trails my partner and i just did a road trip from Denver 
We rode Salida. There was too much snow in Santa Fe. And then we rode Sedona for three days with um, Jake Billings. And then we rode here with you and Jake mm -hmm. and Kyla. And I think Vegas has just got such untapped secretness in the mountain bike world. It's world class and you don't hear about it a lot. At least out east, you don't hear about it a lot. No, it really does. And I think, I think there's a couple of things to that one, like... There's something for everyone out here. Like you've got flowy trails, you got technical trails. Like there's there's literally something for everyone. Yeah. But we don't have a lot of races. We have like a massive. There's it's difficult um coordinating with BLM to get permission to like to do races and stuff. So I think, like good and bad, like it does keep it kind of like a a secret like mecca almost. Well, it felt like really homegrown too but, in a lot of ways. I like it. It's like a. It's got a good crew out here mm -hmm. of like real riders that aren't about just racing it's about really riding exactly yeah. yeah i mean a lot of people that have developed all these trails like they're just out there like you know looking at the looking at the like the lay of the land like figuring like what would be a good line what would be fun and then yeah. they kind of go from there so yeah it's, it's super fun so talking about like you're coming from this is west coast your home is vermont yes it's covered in snow right now covered in snow right now it's about 10 degrees probably at home. Oh my gosh. I'd say it's 65 right now here, which is pretty great. It's really nice. <laughs> yeah. This no, is our uh, winter. <laughs> I, I, I like to start right away by saying how mountain biking saved my life and I have a lot, to, a lot of gratitude towards it. I started riding at around 12. I got more into BMX riding and street riding in New mm -hmm. York City where I grew up. Um, and then I came back to mountain biking my father was a racer and I came back to mountain biking in college and I had to choose between Newport cigarettes or mountain biking. Okay. And uh, I chose mountain biking. Yeah. <laughs> Actually a longer life expectancy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, and then I also found my path into um, mental health treatment and becoming a mental health provider. Yeah. How, like, tell us about that. Like, how did you get on that path? I think it kind of found me. It's just something that I understood and I was good at just from kind of growing up in a loving family, but a family with turmoil and trauma mm -hmm. and uh, alcoholism. Okay. And uh, my parents split up at 16 and I was the older brother of three. Mm -hmm. And um, I just had this kind of um, observant mentality and kind of uh, um, a niche like, I don't know, maybe it's like a wisdom or something, you know, yeah. just, uh, it was before I was, you know, I'm 12 and I'm kind of feeling like a little wise to some of these things, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then when I got into college, I was like, I suck at math. I suck at spelling. Yeah. I, suck at, <laughs> I suck at grammar. And then I sit in a psychology class. I was like, oh, I get this. I, yeah. I get through this. Yeah. So that's just kind of how I found it. And then yeah. I went and got my master's in forensic psychology out in California. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to Vermont and got another master's in mental health counseling so I could be a licensed psychotherapist and a licensed alcohol and drug counselor. Wow. And um, that, that's just been a really um, wonderful career, but at the same time, it's taken its toll on me. I'm 10 years in. Mm -hmm. And uh, I keep turning back to uh, yoga and mountain biking as the, an ultimate form of wellness for mm -hmm. me, or at mm -hmm. least going outside and playing mm -hmm. outdoors. If you're not riding, you know, get yeah. out. Absolutely. Um, and do you feel like it's, you know, it kind of takes its toll just in, like, do you feel that you take on other people's burdens, like, when in that line of work? Is that what you when mean? When you say by... burden, I feel like it's 
to be good at this as a therapist, you really are able to, you have to have the ability to hold a lot of energy in people's mm -hmm. experiences. You don't want to take it into you, but rather, right. you know, filter it through right. and, and translate it back into beautiful light mm -hmm. and give hope and, and, and faith and energy to people. And that just takes a lot. Yeah. You know, that, that's like, uh, I'm sure an accountant feels like that on tax season. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So this is just, it's a, you know, if you see, mm -hmm. a, if you have a caseload of 20 people, Geez, the stories you hear mm -hmm. working in this from all forms of abuse to loss, grief, and sorrow. and But then also the the greatness that comes out of it. The people that yeah. find new meaning and make huge bounds and leaps after experiencing trauma is mm -hmm. just so rewarding. For sure. But I, I worked at a drug and alcohol rehab for a little bit. And that was an interesting experience. Um, you know political experience it was I was new in the field and a lot of the interventions were referred to using psychopharmacology mm -hmm. as the answer so mm -hmm. um, and I was experiencing that too growing up I was told that I had ADHD or other issues and the, a pill would help right and it never did right <clears throat> um, and I, I just kind of felt like out of alliance often working um, in those fields and I'd ask questions uh, to um, psychiatrists and yeah. kind of come to a wall with them. They'd be stumped or they'd say, well, it's theoretical or we're not sure. It was a lot of the answers when I'd ask further questions about how does this actually work or how, what's the health benefits or, yeah. or, or downfalls. Yeah. So um, I eventually got into working in residential homes for severely mentally ill, mm -hmm. um, which is really interesting. The state of Vermont has done a significantly great job um, integrating people out of the uh, mental health hospitals into community-based homes. It's a beautiful model where you could live uh, in like a family-oriented atmosphere and mm -hmm. feel supported and still um, have a, a, a normative life with, mm -hmm. a, let's say, a significant thought disorder or something like schizophrenia. Yeah. So I did that for five years. I developed about five different homes in the state of Vermont. Um, one of which is still still running, which is really just beautiful and uh, helps some really great people out, um, stay in the community and mm -hmm. get off their probations and not be looked at as criminological just because they have a severe mental illness and they make yeah. mistakes. Right. They're not competent to, um, you know, be responsible for, so to speak. Right. And uh, but that job was very dangerous too. Uh, I've got multiple concussions and I have one guy try to he created a ninja star out of a cd and oh my gosh <laughs> and shanks and Dang. amazing thing yeah it's a, but you treat it with love i remember one time i was punched in the nose and i offered a hug as as, <laughs> as the consequence like, hey do you need a hug man you know you're not in trouble after that just yeah. we, we shouldn't do that type yeah. of thing yeah yeah more of a loving intervention man so this, the amount of patience like you must have to have like do you feel like just like you naturally had that or that's something you developed too like um, I got good days and bad days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's like a lot, if I could compare it to mountain biking. Yeah. Like, you get slammed to the floor. For sure. And you still show gratitude to it. Right. You don't, like, right. you know, yeah. quit or yeah. get mad at the bike. You know, right. You, that doesn't do anything. Right. Rather, you just 
show love and appreciation to the whole lesson of it and you get back on and keep riding yeah so it's it, it, I think maybe mountain biking maybe taught me a little bit of it for sure <laughs> how to get my ass kicked and yeah. still smile <laughs> there's so many lessons like I always go back to that, like just different life lessons that mountain biking has taught me and um and just just different sports in general like uh there, there's so much to, to draw on from that. So I like the creativity aspect of it. It's not yeah. like team sport, whereas rules and regulations. It's right. like, I'm just doing my own piece of artwork on right. the trail. Yeah. <laughs> so then, um, so you did that for a bit, and then what did yeah. that, so after I, the residential I, stuff? I really was struggling from living in these milieu settings, and like when you develop these homes, I'm living in the home for, mm. for 24 hour shifts at a time, and running a team, and um, I just felt like I had to move on from it. Um, I was um, kind of getting secondary trauma from it at mm -hmm. times. So it's really important to really know your self-care. I started noticing I'm not riding enough. I'm not taking care of myself enough. I'm working tons of hours. I'm, yeah, I'm getting paid really well. But then you start looking at that money is not what it's all about. No. It can't be. And it doesn't truly bring... Uh, happiness, it sure gets you some nice bikes. But if yeah. you don't have time to ride... You <laughs> then know, what's the point, yeah, right? What's the point? <laughs> But, um, yeah, so then um, I got offered a job. Um, actually, I quit my job, and I went away to a yoga ashram. A friend of mine told me about it, and um, I went and studied for a month in an immersive program, and it was hugely awakening for me that I, I had already found yoga when I was working at the rehab. I, it was a form of exercise and, mm -hmm. like, stretching. And, but then it became a form of spirituality. It was it was. It's not an exercise. Mm -hmm. It's way, way more advanced than that. It's a science that mm -hmm. really brought me connected to something that's within me that's not this body. Yeah. That's not my mind. Mm -hmm. It's really the spirit. And I can relate with that through mountain biking, too. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how I feel when I'm in the zone and I'm riding. I'm not just this body or my thoughts. I'm, I'm in this flow state. And that's what meditation and yoga has also brought me to. Yeah. And they really complement each other, especially through injury. Yeah. Um, I, I have uh, some challenges with my spine, and that's been really helpful through doing yoga. So I came back from the ashram, and I knew I can't do this work anymore. Okay. And uh, I went and got a job as a clinical supervisor at an all-boys school in uh, New Hampshire. Uh, it was a, a residential home for boys, and they had a school that were troubled with... Uh, well, they were the bad boys. Mm. And uh, I had trouble working there. I actually got fired, and I'm really proud of it. Um, they were, I was asked to do a lot of things that I saw weren't appropriate and weren't out of love. And uh, I'm, I liked voicing myself. I'd always mm -hmm. speak up and question the uh, executive directors on mm -hmm. what they're doing. And I remember one time I walked into the executive director's office, and I asked her, because uh, it was crazy, and she she was emotional and the whole place felt like it was falling apart and when I asked who's running this place and she's well I am and I said no fear is and I said as long as fear is running this agency we're not going to be successful and be able to help these kids yeah and they didn't fire me then <laughs> <laughs> they kept me for another like six months I refused to do the restraint training which I saw was being misused uh, the restraints were being misused similar to like if you own a gun you have a higher probability of using it mm -hmm. when I felt like a lot of these uh, interventionist really didn't have any other skills outside of putting hands on somebody when things got really challenging and yeah. um, they moved into a fight, flight, freeze um, kind of space themselves when they're trying to intervene with a kid who's in that uh, brain state. And uh, right away, there's hands being put on people and 
kids, young 12 year olds were being slammed to the ground. And then on top mm. of it, what was very disgusting was the locker room talk around it. Like there was oh. some boasting of like, yeah. oh, did you see what I did? You know? Yeah. So I couldn't be part of that. And I kind of, I was approached to take this training eventually. And if I didn't, they would um, ask me to leave. And I said, well, I guess you had a decision to make. Right. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, you're going to give up your salary and your insurance. And I said, well, I just don't make deals with fear. Yeah. And uh, so they asked me if I was quitting. And I said, no, you're going to give me unemployment. <laughs> <laughs> so then I so then I left. And, um, and uh, I had this vision when I was at the ashram and it became very clear that I can't, I can't hesitate any longer on it is to develop uh, the Mildell Farm Center for Wellness. I was very privileged and fortunate to have grandparents in my life who have always been my savior um, and p really great parental figures. Uh, my parents did an excellent job too, and but I think they also looked to my grandparents for a lot of support and mm -hmm. direction. So we've been very fortunate to have them in our lives. And they came from Austria with nothing. Okay. They were immigrants in the 1950s. Uh, my grandfather was a mechanic. Mm -hmm. He worked um, more hours in a week than I knew there was hours in a week. Yeah. <laughs> um, down in Queens. And uh, he found a home in Vermont, and they said that it reminded them of Austria. So they, they retired there, and they bought the neighbor's land when it was inexpensive and bought the other neighbor's land. So we have a beautiful farm there um, where he had cows for hobby. Mm -hmm. um, and since uh, he's got rid of the cows about 15 years ago and 10 years ago, I moved to Vermont and uh, I actually had left a relationship and a lot of friends and everybody thought I was kind of crazy moving up there. They said, it's the sticks, you know, who lives out there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, it was hard first like year, you know, my trees were my only friends maybe yeah. until I found a bunch of mountain bikers out there. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was cool. And uh, that, that became my community then. And, but um, I took one of the old barns and my partner and I renovated it. We scrubbed so much shit off the ceilings and the walls. It was an old cow birthing space. Mm -hmm. And a lot of doubters and people would come by and even like some folks that didn't understand what yoga was or wellness was would make jokes about that, really? what kind of yogurt are we selling there? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I must say, like, the barn is beautiful. Like, the space that you've created, like, and I haven't been there personally yet, but um, it's such a beautiful space, like, the, like, vibrant red barn, and, like, yeah. it looks so traditional from the outside, and it's just... It just like what what a great job that you've done with the place. Yeah, you know? so we took a 1930s barn that was falling apart and um, needed more than just some paint, but mm -hmm. we we threw Flirt Alert red paint on it, and yeah. it's, it's glowing from Google Earth could see it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and um, we developed a studio space for yoga, wellness, and workshop practices and retreats, mm -hmm. and then we have a private practice office for body healing and psychotherapy. And then we have a nice welcome uh, center where we offer tea and there's uh, books and place to read in color. Mm -hmm. And uh, we offer services now to, for, uh, to adolescents, to um, adults. Um, we're involved with the uh, Veterans Administration there, uh, offering yoga for mental health there. I developed a program called Applied Yoga for Mental Health and Addiction, which uses the principles of yoga and integrates it into mental health and clinical application. And I found that to be very successful um, this far. We're also trained, my partner and I, in EMDR, which is uh, eye movement desensitization reprocessing, a really helpful tool in psychotherapy to help treat PTSD and trauma. What is that? It sounds... Yeah, it's hard to... I don't we we even, could like... spend a whole podcast on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
in short, um, let's say we could even relate it to biking. Okay. If we were to walk and talk or ride and talk about mm -hmm. something really challenging, mm -hmm. it'd be easier for you to process that and be less traumatizing to rehash a difficult experience because of the dual um, attention or the util utilization of both hemispheres of the brain okay. rather than us just sitting across from each other in okay. psychotherapy, which is often re-traumatizing. Right. So EMDR uses certain techniques through tapping or through watching a hand go back and forth with the eye movements. And there's a lots of um, other abstract ways I'm sure you could incorporate yeah. EMDR as a deep uh, sensitization uh, process for specific targets. But there's um, procedures to doing this and obviously relationship is the most important piece in, mm -hmm. in the counseling relationship but um, that's really been a helpful helpful tool and we're really grateful that we were trained in that um, so that's what we do at the center and um, then I've, I've been incorporating psychotherapy so okay. <laughs> I try to introduce as many people that are interested to come and mm -hmm. ride bicycles awesome and, empower them and meet them where they're at on their level and teach them really great basic skills and then progress with them and teach them more and more progressive skills where they feel really confident riding and they could get out into the nature and and really just develop a whole different identity yeah um, you know it's pretty amazing to think about what you do riding a mountain bike versus who you are in real life you know right. it's like it's a separate identity it's a secret identity absolutely you know? <laughs> it's so funny i often think about that like all the people the people that like you ride with, but you don't know in their like normal day to day life, they're to they they're are. totally different. Yeah. Like when you're in the trail, you're all just on the trail having fun riding bikes, yeah, yeah. and like doctor, and, lawyer, garbage man, you're all the same. <laughs> you're all the yeah, same. you're all the same people, and it's and it's it's so funny, and I I almost kind of prefer it that way, you know, like not having just having that like almost set separate uh, identity almost, but it's. It's a special it's community. I yeah. feel like that's all, very similar. I, I draw a lot of parallels to yoga with mountain mm -hmm. biking. Mountain biking is is yoga to me. I mean, you're mm -hmm. incorporating your breath, your body, and your spirit. For sure. You know, um, the community is the same way. You have no clue that there's a yeah. PhD next to you and an author, or, yeah. or even just somebody who's just figuring out life, and right. we're all on this level plane, and, right. and it's really about the human spirit. That you know, Ram Das said it best that we're all here just walking each other home. Yeah. Know? And it's really nice to see that. Um, uh, when you when you get down to the root of who each of us are, it's it's mm -hmm. just love, you know. That's awesome. And it's that's really simple. Then now we're all equal, yeah. you know. That's so cool. I think um, I know that me and Jake have talked about it multiple times that like like riding is our meditation. Like I don't necessarily get out to go, like just drawing from like the yoga and stuff too, yeah. and just you know, as you said, like the breath, the the mindfulness of it as well. Like I don't necessarily always have the time or, or you just make the time I guess like to to sit and meditate or anything like that but when I'm out riding you're meditating you're meditating yeah. like that's the only thing that's on my mind is how do you exactly. overcome this obstacle or, or whatever the case is and and I know that like as far as wellness like especially coming back from having a baby and trying to just get back into thank you <laughs> um, <Super mom. laughs> trying to get like just back into Initially, I was like, I really just need to get back to my fitness and get back into like racing and stuff like that. And and what I found is that riding has been so far from that. Riding has been purely for my mental well-being, like getting yeah. out even just one, 
even if I can get out once a week, that, that once a week will just re just helps to reset everything for, for the next few days and stuff. And I think Absolutely. that, um, you know, when you're, when you're doing it all the time, you don't maybe necessarily make that connection between, between like that outdoor time, the, the mountain biking and your mental well-being. But I guess when you, when you're forced to like not do it for a long time and then you can kind of make that, yeah, that, absolutely. that connection between the two. I, 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 I want to first do a shout out to uh, Jake Dollar Billings if you ever get a chance to ride with that guy. Um, first of all, good luck keeping up. And, I know. Second of all, he, he's invited me out here to spend time with him and his beautiful wife here. Uh, I had the good fortune of marrying them years back and I haven't been out here since then. So shout out to you guys, um, Jake and Lexi. Thank you for having me here and being able to finally meet you. Lisa. They're it's, great it's people. Yeah. I'm very fortunate the to have them in my life as yeah. well there but yeah as far as I'll tell you a funny story so recently we um recently we we like we're volunteering to help with a uh, hand cycle they just made these uh new hand cycles for adaptive sports yes Wonderful. for and they're um so mountain bike hand cycles yeah and they're doing that at the VA hospital too over, oh really yeah uh, those things are amazing so great so we so we had the cool thing was there was a demo here um put on by lasher sports which is a company in town here that hand they make them all they make hand make all these hand cycles um for adaptive sports and they had a demo so they had people coming from literally all over the world this guy came out from germany with his hand cycle to come so and ride cool. and and try the one of the ones here and and so uh jake and i volunteered to uh, just be like ride guides, you know, on the trails and yeah. stuff. What I didn't know was that all of these hand cycles also have a motor, like to assist it. Oh, okay. And all of the other people that had, <laughs> all the other people that were helping also had uh, e-bikes. E -bikes. Oh, e -bikes. <laughs> so here, cheaters. this was, uh, <laughs> I think this this is just a couple months after having baby, and I was definitely not fitness, like anywhere close to full fitness. And we started and. Of course, they're off. This does not phase Jake in one bit the least. <laughs> he still led this entire group the whole time. He <laughs> was up at the like? front, and I was like, okay, you know, like, I guess, like, I'm kind of being a guide here in the back. Like, if I come across anyone that's, like, gone off the yeah. way, like, I'll be able to help them. But I felt so silly. I've been wanting <laughs> but to. But, yeah, he... he's so fast. <laughs> yeah, I've been wanting to host, um, like, mountain bike and yoga retreats, and... Mm -hmm. Uh, I talked to my partner about it and I'm like, all right, you'll run the beginner ride and I'll run the expert ride. And then I mm -hmm. told Jake, you should come and join. And then I suddenly, I'm like, well, I guess I'll run the beginner yeah. ride. You'll run the expert <laughs> right. ride, Jake. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a phenomenal rider and, um, yeah, he's, he's a good human. He's so fast and yeah, very, very good people. He still keeps it fun, which is cool. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So let's go back to then. Yeah. The, so the Milder, yeah, Mildale, Mildale yeah. Center for Wellness, um, so what we've done there is um, we have a private practice, but we're also moving into really utilizing the whole farm. Um, we have a beautiful home there. Uh, it's our Freedom Farmhouse, uh, where it sleeps uh, 12 people, and we hold retreats there. We also have another house that we just, uh, I just, my brother and I uh, went in together on, and uh, it's next to the farm. It's called the Upper Valley Retreat. This will sleep 20 people. And wow. uh, so we're going to be able to have some larger wellness-related retreats. Um, this is our third year running. We have a yoga teacher training. We have uh, Hawaiian massage training. We have um, some yoga for mental health trainings going on for uh, first responders. We have a mental health and yoga training for first responders, um, amongst a, a handful of other 
retreats already going on, which has really just been so wonderful to do other type of mental health work mm -hmm. in the field rather than just one-to-one -one mm -hmm. or group therapy. Mm -hmm. um, I fi I'm finding it really rewarding. And I, I think the, the farm is really a sanctuary. It's, um, it's larger than me or anything I could create. It's really whatever you would want to call it, God, you mm -hmm. know, or, uh, you know, Mother Nature. It's, it's truly a, a wonderful sanctuary. And being privileged to have it, I thought I could put a big fence around this thing or I could take down the fences and open it up to other people to come and enjoy. Absolutely, and yeah. we try to offer sliding scale fee services, by donation services, and, and retreats even are really reasonable and try to make people's dreams come true. If you want to host a retreat, to come to a retreat. Uh, my partner started, I know you're going to have a podcast with her. She's really an amazing woman, uh, Kyla Suarez. She started the um, nonprofit there called Vermont Be True. We noticed that there was a challenge with um, obtaining wellness and holistic services for at-need underprivileged folks. Mm -hmm. um, it's very uh, expensive to, mm -hmm. from riding bikes to doing yoga classes. Um, and uh, insurance doesn't cover these things. So yeah. we're looking for uh, grant funding and through our nonprofit to be able to support that. And then we created a yoga festival called the Vermont Be True Yoga Festival. And this is our fourth year coming here, which is the fundraiser for the nonprofit. So a lot of stuff going on on the farm. And I'll let awesome. Kyla talk about that. Um, I, uh, I'm really getting this like mental health entrepreneurial like vibe going on in me and it keeps coming back to yoga and then also mountain biking. I started a Instagram page. Um, it's like a photo, photo journey uh, called Riders of the Storm, MTB. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just uh, um, headshots of people after a ride and the pictures of their eyes mm -hmm. and their face and their expression and just how blissed out and how connected to source that we are after a ride. Yeah. And uh, it's really becoming this beautiful project. It's very diverse. I, I, I try reaching out to all sorts of riders and all abilities. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've really got to ride with some really fun people. Um, I have to get you on there. <laughs> yeah. If I didn't crash the other day, we would have got your photo. <laughs> but, um, and that's been really a, a inspirational project because uh, you know, all when it comes down to it, everyone I interview and ask about why do you ride, it's it comes down to it really helps my head, helps my mental health, mm -hmm. uh, it brings me friendship, community. Yeah, uh, it's great exercise, but also helps my head. It's it's something yeah. you constantly hear. So it's yeah. re really we're all riders of this storm, right? And uh, the challenges that we go through, and um, that's something that I'm 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 working on on the side and hope to continue yeah. to grow and build. Uh, we're hosting our first uh, yoga and mountain bike retreat in June, the first of summer um, in Vermont, which is going to be really cool and kind of awesome. collaborate. I want to get everybody's pictures there mm -hmm. and take people out for rides and mm -hmm. learn a little bit about how yoga could be incorporated into riding uh, from the breathing practice to the uh, asana exercise and mm -hmm. uh, really trying to build spirituality in the mountain bike community. Um, I think there is a lot. I think actually a lot of women are bringing that to the mountain bike community, um, which I'm really um, so honored to see. Um, but it's still a very dominated masculine sport and then it's also very dominated by gear and mm -hmm. swag and mm -hmm. and there's a lot of uh, drinking going on mm -hmm. and I see that causing a lot of riders problems. I've seen a lot of riders spend more time drinking than riding now and um, I'm trying to bring it back to what's the root? Why did we all start? What did this do to us? Um, right. and, and, and why do we ride? It yeah. brings spiritual, spirituality back to the ride yeah. consciousness. 
So that's another project we're doing right yeah. now. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that I think, like, you don't, we come, like, become almost, like, blind to it. You know, like, it's a lot of stuff going on that you don't realize, but a lot of, kind of, roadblocks, I guess, in in the sport. And then also, I guess, that's the, a negative part of it, too. Um, there's a lot of politics in mountain biking, let alone cycling world. And for it's, sure. It's big money. It's big business. I yeah. But if we lose spirituality or the connectedness to it, however, whatever words you want to use to right. define it, community, um, then um, it just goes completely corporate and it becomes mm-hmm. really unaccessible. Mm-hmm. And it's not then a healing practice. Mm-hmm. And it's only been a healing practice to me. Yeah. Um, so I don't race, uh, you know. We were joking, Jake and I, like, Cat 2! <laughs> I'd be first place in Cat 2, for sure. But uh, um, it's just, uh, I saw that with the racing, it, it, you know, there's good good racers and good sports out there, but it really then, you, you're taking away the, the, the real reason why we ride. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of racing could do that, and I hear that from a lot of friends who have gone pro and, and race or compete, even in downhill, they're just like, yeah, beat me up. Uh, there's no end to it. You mm-hmm. can't get better. Like it's just getting, it's progressing so much. And you know, you're on that podium for a very short period of time, and then you look back and say, "Boy, I lost a lot." You know, mm-hmm. and you had to. Everyone comes back to the root of mm-hmm. like, "Hey, let's go to the group ride and hang out with everybody." Yeah, and, you know? yeah. Like I guess like it changes your your focus, and I can see that, especially like in downhill, like how how quickly things. I mean, I, I love I love watching mountain biking like on Red Bull TV. Like, season's about to start. Like, we'll watch like downhill, the cross country. I love like the freestyle stuff with yeah. crown quirks and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like a lot. There's there's maybe like a there's handful. An there's a handful of guys that like are constantly at the top. But then there's a lot of people that are coming through and yeah. and and yeah, they're maybe not there for very long. And and it can get difficult. Like if you're if you're constantly chasing chasing like that podium or that extra time and then and you're not able to get that then you can lose the joy of it very yeah. quickly and lose like that focus and yeah that's you know, why a, you it's, did it's, to begin an, with. it's a it's an illusion a consumer illusion mm-hmm. um, that occurs and and causes us a lot of suffering in life like you could compare to having a shiny car or mm-hmm. a lot of money in your bank account or a large house i mean mm-hmm. i think every sport kind of goes this direction and mm-hmm. um it, it's great there's beautiful and amazing people that ride and are competitive um i'm a very competitive rider but i don't like competition because i like still keeping it fun and yeah and and be able to stop and smell the roses or, it. or the cactuses mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just smell less the dirt <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man um oh gosh my brain just went this is a, a new phenomenon for me is baby brain where I'll just be on a roll and then my brain just goes blank. And I'm well, like, it's oh, really cool. Gosh, I want to compliment ah. what you're doing. This Dirt Life is a really cool concept and I think it's really nice to be able to go into the community and start revealing who are these um, superheroes are in real life and really what we do and then how we're incorporating riding or how riding has affected us. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, well, th- first of all, thank you for saying that too. And, and, you know, there's so much that you see on like like social media and Instagram and things like that. And it really just gives you such a, a surface. You just see such a surface level of everything. Right. And, and I think it's important to kind of dig in and see, you know, what are people's whys for coming out and, and yeah. why 
like this dirt life is so important for all of our like well-being so whether it's mountain bike whether it's just being outside in that sacred space that you have created in vermont as well or you know any of that like i think it can help others to to maybe first of all like question like what truly is their why and like what what it is that you know can help their mental well-being but also they can see that there are so many others just like them that feel the same way and are on a similar path and and again it just helps to bring that sense of community which we I think sometimes we lose like because of social media like social media has like is a double-edged sword like you can get community from it but then we also like distance ourselves like spiritually because we're just on our phones type yeah. thing so no I, I, I think, think it's like a good if we can like mesh the two together to yeah. keep the community like connection through social media like i mean you can keep in touch with people all over the world and so that's really cool yeah um but that like actual spiritual and human connection like yeah. we just need to be really like conscious to not lose that yeah absolutely there's certain concepts i like living by or, or riding by it's like if you ain't rubbing you ain't racing right? yeah <laughs> and then uh if you're not breathing you're not doing yoga yeah <laughs> and uh if you're not laughing you're not riding you know there you so. go there, <laughs> those are some good good yeah. phrases to live by for sure yeah. so what's the riding like up in vermont like where you're at where you're planning to take people out on the trails oh, like geez. kind of vermont's like this epic rainforest of 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 green and growth and love and it, it the riding will change day to day due to the weather but um it's uh it's rooty, it's got amazing granite slabs and rocks, and then it's got some pro dirt all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll get wet, you'll get muddy, you'll get dusty. Yeah. You'll, you'll turn one way, and s- sometimes in the season it's raining one side, it's snowing another side, yeah. and it's sunny to another side. I mean, it's, it's so great. Summer riding out, out east is um, amazing. You've all heard of uh, probably the Kingdom Trails. They've done a great job out there, but there's so many other amazing trails uh, shout out to the guys at Perry Hill that do great work there. Um, uh, WADA uh, Bike Association, and then the Upper Valley Bike Association. We got a hidden gem where n- not far from our farm, Milldale Farm. Um, we have Boston Lot. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite places to ride. It's in Lebanon, New Hampshire, right over the river. Uh, shout out to Mason Racing. The guys there have done an amazing job of the trails, and they're really mm-hmm. great buddies of mine. They saved my life in so many ways. Um, they're my first friends. And uh, Claremont Cycle Depot, always taking care of me when I break my bike. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, like, my Trek sponsor. Yeah. But <laughs> and they're really great guys and keep it real fun, uh, mm-hmm. always. Lots of, I mean, it's like where gnomes live. Really? Know? Like, if you could think about, where does a gnome live in yeah. the woods? You know, that's Vermont. That's you know? it. Yeah. Um, and it's great trail building out there. A lot of sustainability. We have to think about sustainability of trails because of the, the rain that we get and the mm-hmm. winters that we get. So... A lot of smart engineering is put into the farms, a lot of sustainable thinking, um, a lot of community growth, a lot of youth uh, involvement, which is really cool. I see schools incorporating mountain bike programs in Vermont, which is so dope. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, lots of young shredders. Yeah. Um, You know, Killington has done a huge job in in the state for their mountain bike park. It's Mm -hmm. really blown up. Other mountains are, are following, which is really cool. I'm an ideal spot. I'm an hour and a half from Killington, an hour and a half from um, from Highland Mountain, and like an hour from Burke in the Kingdom. So I get a lot of you can just epic northeast riding. Yeah, right in my backyard. So. That's so cool. That's yeah. awesome. 
Yeah, I, I recommend it. And there's so many great places to swim. So you'll ride and you can go jump in a swimming hole mid-ride. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just so great. And then, <laughs> you know, we there's just such great food and 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 um, and uh, and beer and and other great stuff. Uh, farm to table, organic everything. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Vermont was the first state that pushed the GMO, non-GMO movement. So we really have a conscious crowd there, and that really incorporates into our mountain biking crew. And yeah, we all eat really good. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. So you're uh, the festival then is coming up in July. Yeah, July 31st to August 2nd is the fourth annual Vermont Be True Yoga Festival. It's the only non-corporate um, uh, festival, uh, yoga festival in the state of Vermont. And um, we really are just so honored to be hosting this on our family farm mm -hmm. and the mission that it's behind uh, supporting the nonprofit and helping underprivileged and at need groups obtain um, wellness services is just, you know, I, I, I think back as a kid, if I learned about yoga as a kid or understood what body work was and mm -hmm. and or uh, obtained acupuncture during injuries early on in life I probably would have had an easier ride at it you know yeah uh, it's been so helpful yeah so I'm we're just glad to be practitioners to find clinical merit in all this work and be able to share it with the people that we serve and then bring it to the community absolutely and, yeah and I, I love having the we had a uh, Claremont Cycle Depot. They came to the festival the past two years, and they had a, a manual machine okay. set up where it's holding the rear wheel, and you could practice manual. Oh, really? And so many people have never even been on bikes or, like, coming over, trying really? to balance and <laughs> doing their yoga yeah, on the yeah, manual yeah. machine. That's awesome. Super cool, yeah. And uh, it was it was great. Uh, Rob, the uh, manager of the shop, he was there, and he was just super blissed out. He's never done yoga. He didn't think he could do yoga. Yeah. And he's just such a yogi, you know? Really? Just blissed out, <laughs> smiling, giving peace signs to everybody. That's awesome. I mean, and it's just a mountain biker. It's, yeah. We're, we're living by the same tenants, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> be That's, happy, be free, you know? <laughs> for sure. That's awesome. And you just mentioned there, you know, like, if you'd had, like, the access to that, like, when you are younger and stuff, like, it would have been different, but... But also, you probably wouldn't be where you are today. Probably, you right. know, yeah. like I think that's something to say, and I'm glad you bring that point up. Um, you know, I've had my traumas, and I've made my mistakes. I've hurt people, and I've been hurt. But really, through the spiritual practice and journey, um, I'm healing. And then you have such appreciation for the struggles, and I think that's a, a suggestion for anybody who's going through challenges. If you could create meaning out of your challenge, if you could find the silver lining if you could create um an understanding of why this happened mm -hmm. and, and it's, it could propel you into some real greatness and then you could also help people yeah. change their perspectives um you know we're way more than just our thoughts mm -hmm. and really what we experience as consciousness is often perception so if we could shift our perceptions we really could see the beauty in this world and make understanding and meaning out of a lot of the tragedies that we experience and also see mm -hmm. um you know hurt people hurt people yeah so i just send compassion out to those in this yeah. world and we won't get talk about politics now <laughs> <laughs> no. but uh, you know and and uh just you know shout out and love to uh, all human beings you know mm -hmm. <laughs> and i know that you just touched on this um briefly earlier but kind of like the masculinity of like the cycling community and and also i love riding with my girl it's so cool yeah yeah I, I, 
that and my dog i think i like my dog riding with my dog the best but yeah. don't tell her <laughs> <laughs> but but it's just so cool to be able to share that with a partner mm-hmm. and be able to do it and i ride with her often mm-hmm. and, and just to see the ladies out there coming into the community and it's got to be challenging i've heard it's challenging because it's such a masculine dominated community i i, I really just ha- helmets off and, and honor to, to the ladies riding out there they really actually keep it fun yeah. And they, they have the biggest smiles and they keep it light and they, they really crack into a lot of those guys that get a little too serious. Yeah. And I know some girls that will really crush some dudes on the For trail. For sure. <laughs> You're oh, one yeah. of them. Oh, I, don't, I don't know about that. We got some, we got some pretty badass women here in town. Yeah, and it's, they do. it's awesome to like, it's awesome to watch them. It's awesome to, to ride with them. And, and yeah, like I think there's a lot of sports and a lot of avenues where, um, you know, like women don't, lift each other up and i think mountain biking is one like one place where i've absolutely seen like everyone lift each other up like yeah you know like whether it's clearing an obstacle whether it's like you know you know getting to the top of like really hard like ascent or whatever it is like in mountain biking for whatever reason I, i just see everyone everyone lifting each other up to like to support one another and yeah. I and I love I love the sport because of that it really levels the plane I, I think there's a lot of the women I, I serve in in my clinical practice it comes down to that they're disempowered mm-hmm. and a lot of it's just societal norms and also mm-hmm. what we've all been taught mm-hmm. uh, women and men and I really love the athletic outdoor community um, from hikers climbers I mean I, there's a good argument that women are better climbers than men, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, and, and mountain biking, um, uh, paddling, all these areas, it just levels the plane and mm-hmm. we can all play together and be children again and just yeah. be loving and, and uh, that makes me kind of want to cry. But <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool because society is missing that and that sure. this is like the truth, you know. Yeah. It's like, let's take down the veil and let's all go out on the trail and yeah, have fun. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> That's what it's all about. Let's playing the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also wanted to uh, talk to you, though, about the, uh, like, Evolving Man yoga yeah. stuff. And I wonder, because is that a project that you started? Or? Um, really, credit to my friend Sean Glenn. Okay. Um, he and I were, uh, you know, chatting on the phone, and we're always trying to evolve ourselves mm-hmm. um, to be just better men. And really, that's full of mistakes and and screwing up and hurting people and hurting ourselves I'm sure along the path but then there's a lot of forgiveness and compassion that comes out of it and these are traits that men have mm-hmm. and I don't think we talk about it enough um we're allowed to uh have emotions and and um be sympathetic and, and loving beings and um we we were just talking about this evolving idea and he's like I'm gonna do an evolving men's yoga class so he uh, he was doing this out here for a bit in Vegas, and every year he's offered it, uh, and I've helped him teach it at the yoga festival, and we continue to offer a men-specific uh, evolving men's class at mm-hmm. our center uh, every week, and we have a great crew, a small crew of guys that come, and it really consists of incorporating uh, yoga and spiritual philosophy um, and what it is to be a man in today's mm-hmm. society, and talk about those uh, norms and challenges and how we could improve and mm-hmm. how we could apply some of the ancient practices into uh, being a better man um, and then we uh, you know make a fool of ourselves trying to do some yoga yeah. and uh, you know working on strength and flexibility and but mostly it's about really building flexibility of our mind mm-hmm. 
and then this translates you know flexibility of the body allows flexibility of the mind and then this translates to our ability to transform our community mm -hmm. and have more flexibility in our thought and perceptions which um, can really change a community and run a community absolutely so it's really cool too like you said like you don't know who you're riding with like yeah I don't know who a lot of these guys are and I find out what they do um, for a living and it's just really cool and then how they they thank myself or Sean for holding a space for guys mm -hmm. and because they feel embarrassed about doing yoga around women let's say yeah it's often something I hear yeah and uh, where they're just not flexible or good enough right right it's not a it's it's a woman's practice when you know in, in actuality it, um, it originated as a men's practice so it's yeah. nice to get back to those roots and for sure and and share share with the that community so because I think that's one I mean especially like a I would say maybe a hot topic would be like the or things that are coming to light with like our veterans or first responders or are these like PTSD issues and and like uh like non-productive coping mechanisms that like like you said like you go to the doctor they give you a pill and say hey this is yeah. going to help your this yeah. is going to help your your PTSD or your depression or things like that and really all that often does is mask mask the problem and well you're not learning a few essential things one skills to help you navigate through it mm -hmm. um but also think about what the spirit's hearing you know um this inner Part of you that's listening and and hears that I, I have to take a medication to get better that it's 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 saying that you're broken mm. when mm -hmm. we've never been broken we've never been bad um, a therapist I worked with for a while uh, I like quoting her and she says you're coming from light not going towards it so we're we're we were born a miracle and it's mm -hmm. just coming back to those facts and those truths people who experience PTSD and trauma often struggle with lack of understanding and meaning um, of what they've gone through or reintegration into community, but let alone they lose their identity, their sense of self, and then also their nervous system is completely hijacked. And every uh, there's just so many triggers that send them back into these surges of um, fight, flight, or freeze, to keep it really plainly said and simple. And um, if we can teach people to um, learn how to practice exercise, breathing, uh, appropriate rest, appropriate diet. Now we could transform people's thoughts and help them work through trauma and create new meaning out of it. Um, often I think a lot of mental health only wants to look at people's thoughts mm -hmm. and you gotta change everything from the neck up and there's nothing going on below that. When uh, I really follow a bottom-up approach where if the vessel or the organism, which is our body, is really healthy, happy, and feeling strong and capable and, and achieving things, like in mountain biking. Yeah. Um, then it's then suddenly your thoughts follow that. Yeah. You know? um, for instance, I, I worked with a veteran um, who was very suicidal. And, uh, you know, I want to kill myself, I want to kill myself. These are his, his themes, thoughts. And uh, um, so I looked at his body instead of trying to work with his thoughts right away, and we started working on breathing, his exercise, teaching him some yoga. We got out on some hikes and uh, looked at his diet. And I, within a week, I'm asking him, are you still suicidal? He's like, no, I feel really great now. I don't, I don't want to die anymore. Wow. We didn't do any, you know, just talking with me, I could be yeah. you know, positive and help you look at things a little differently. But it's really if you feel healthy, yeah, you're not going to want to die. Right. Um, 
these thoughts are often our thoughts are metaphors trying to our brain is trying to explain the body's state Mm -hmm. so if we could change the body's state let alone our arousal and our experience of stress in the body now the thoughts automatically change i mean naturally we want to feel good and see things positively it's yeah um uh it's when our body doesn't coincide with that i could think really positive but i feel like shit right <laughs> my thoughts are gonna end up going back to yeah shit. yeah yeah and uh, i think really that's what the major importance of uh exercise let alone um pranayama or the breathing practices in yoga are so imperative and also rest uh, um men let alone people in our country have not been told taught to rest yeah um, you know i'll sleep when i'm dead but i right. really can't sleep you know yeah and um you know training the body to go into a resting state and the brain to go into a resting state and learn to hang out there uh, keeping a low level of arousal is really challenging in particular for all people but anybody who's experienced PTSD mm-hmm. um, so this takes a level of resilience training and flexibility and and um, yoga is a great way to teach someone to um, keep a low level of arousal and learn how to feel comfortable there without mm-hmm. feeling um, vulnerable Mm -hmm. um it's kind of like interval training Mm -hmm. you know uh, you have to have those uh areas of plateauing and calming the body to actually improve your racing yeah um so it's kind of similar how you're working with the arousal system someone with ptsd you can't just keep them in high arousal you actually have to teach them how to recover yeah and have a valuable recovery right this doesn't mean eight hours of sleep at night that's like the big race you have to practice rest and relaxation through maybe practices like yoga nidra, eye rest um, during the day. So having a siesta, taking a mm-hmm. nap, practicing shavasana, uh, practicing a rest day, mm-hmm. um, even if you're racing, mm-hmm. you know, um, and how that's going to then help you in, um, in your recovery, but also then help you have more uh, uh, arousal uh, regulation abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It's interesting, again, how you could parallel riding and yoga and, and mental health, but this is really the philosophy that I'm following. Um, along with so many practitioners, and I think we're really making a, a, a turn in the mental health field towards a more trauma-informed uh, perspective, mm-hmm. which is looking at uh, state and stage arousal. Um, the state of the body uh, would um, yield a specific um, stage of um, intervention rather than one-size-fits-all behavioral interventions that um, don't really see. Uh, it's not very empowering to the human. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to get too far into this. <laughs> well, honestly, like what you just said, I feel like <clears throat> for... Because I think a lot of people... I think more people than would care to admit like have issues with like having healthy ment- mental well-being. And what you just said there, I think, makes it, for one more approachable and also just more less daunting like because i think i think we like, all are susceptible for mental illness yeah and i think that what you said there about everyone kind of talking about like the neck up like i know that that's that's kind of overwhelming to like say well okay you, you want to get better you need to talk about your thoughts your feelings and especially for for a lot of people i know like in in like the first responder world too like it's not that easy to just like be like oh, I'm gonna talk about my feelings. No. Like it seems like it's we, a. We don't it's, have a societal platform for that. No, <laughs> and it's it's more of a kind of like 
you know, feminine thing to like talk about your feelings, right? Yeah. So it's not, it doesn't seem accessible to the male population I, is what I see. But what you just said there about, you know, the body, the body instead, like looking at that, that's so much easier. I mean, if you just did like 10 minutes of exercise a day from, if you're not doing anything or you're treating your body like shit or you're exercise, ex- breathing, you know, body awareness, mm-hmm. um, this mindfulness practice, it, it really just, uh, you feel more whole and mm-hmm. you're not neglecting certain parts of you. And then, yeah, then you could actually start talking about feelings and emotions and thoughts, right. but you need to have a healthy uh, platform to, you know, be able to work off of that. So yeah. I think there's a lot of uh, trauma work has to do with the body and exercise. It's not just sitting in an office across from a shrink or taking yeah. a pill. Yeah, and, and that's really been my life's mission to, to really transform. The guys I worked with in the mental health homes, I cut their medications in half uh, through teaching them yoga, qigong, uh, taekwondo, um, taking on the mountain bike rides and and just empowering them and and really just being more accepting to their abstract perspectives of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, um, a lot of ways you could look at mental illness and in in particular thought disorders and, and, you know, it's just a different way of seeing things and experiencing things. And often people who struggle with anxiety and depression are just really powerful, energetic people that haven't been promoted to understand that this is maybe a superpower of theirs and or learn how to hone in on it and listen to those experiences they're not curses you know Mm -hmm. Uh, i say we're all susceptible to mental illness or we all have mental health challenges it's Mm -hmm. not something that anyone's immune to no um rather we're all susceptible to mental wellness um um, I don't even like using the word mental uh, illness or, or the word diagnosis mm-hmm. um, any longer. Rather, it's a, you know, PTSD is post-traumatic stress disorder. I, I prefer post-traumatic stress injury. Mm-hmm. And if we approach it like an injury, then you could rehab it. Yeah. And you could heal from an injury and Absolutely. become stronger. Right. Yeah. Rather than just stigmatizing it as a disorder that you're, you're That's that, that identifies you. Or, terrible connot- yeah. connotation to it. and. You know, this is all about the power of I am. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something that's really big in my practice um, and also in, in my riding. And I remind myself, even when I make mistakes in my riding, that, you know, who am I? And I remind myself that I, I, I'm kind, I'm loving, I'm strong, I'm powerful. Mm-hmm. And especially when I'm chasing Jake up a hill, I have yeah. to tell I'm powerful, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm slowing down. I have to tell myself that yeah. quite often. These too. are really great affirmations <laughs> yeah. to, to remind ourselves that these are affirmations of truth. And think about how many times we've affirmed that I'm a piece of crap. Mm. You know, if you think of the mind or our consciousness as a garden, you know, how many seeds of I'm a piece of shit have you planted or I'm a fuck up, mm-hmm. you know, versus I'm a beautiful, amazing spirit. You know, if, if, if I plant that seed, I'm going to have a nice garden, you know, that's yeah. going to grow into what kind of plant rather yeah. than I'm a piece of shit. I'm going to grow a shit plant. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And people wonder why, why is my life so shitty? Why, why am I feeling so crappy? Like, listen, we're all going, we're all figuring it out. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if anybody's really got it easy if you really go into their, uh, into their closets. Mm-hmm. But it sure helps when you're practicing positive mantra or affirmations and letting that lead your consciousness and then also taking care of the body and eliminating negative um, affirmations. Uh, I really, even the word stupid, I try not to call anybody, even the dude that cut me off the other day. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't use that word stupid because if I could point that word out and mm-hmm. use it in my vocabulary very easily, I'm going to be the first one to call myself it when I screw up. Mm-hmm. So I really find like, I'll replace it with silly. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like that was silly. You know? It's funny. Like it, there's things that, um, 
Um, my mom would never let us say the word stupid when we were little. Like, you know, not that we'd be reprimanded for it, but we'd be like told, you know, like change what you word. said there. And, and that and hate, yeah. stupid and hate, like we weren't allowed to say those two words when we yeah. were growing up. Like we don't hate anyone. And we bad. Yeah. And, and I, you know, you don't, you don't realize like the impact of it like as when you're a child like you just think oh these are just two words that I don't say yeah. but as you as I grow up like I if I if I've ever even like when I hear myself even start to say the word stupid I'm like well like it triggers something in my mind because yeah. because I didn't I consciously didn't say it for so long when I start saying like why am I saying that like why why am I feeling like that and then you know, do I really need to say that? Is that yeah. really appropriate? No, it's not. Yeah. So, yeah, replace well, they, it. And I have this old saying, be careful of the words you speak. You never know the words you have to eat, you know? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's powerful stuff. Yeah. I, I think it's... <laughs> it's um, so the body leads the mind, and also um, you will become what you say you are. So we want to manifest through these affirmations and through our mantra. So I, I really invite everybody to think of an I am statement that really is consolidated, honed in on, all-encompassing, describes your greatness. Maybe it's simply that you're worthy of greatness, um, that you are worthy of love, you're worthy of connection, and repeat this and replace it even in the hardest times when you're getting down on yourself with any of those negative thoughts. Additionally, incorporate getting outdoors into nature, getting more connected, getting off the screen, uh, getting away from your phone and and finding some sort of uh, outdoor community because they're the most loving people you'll ever meet. Um, you know, I just so honored and grateful to the mountain bike community uh, for saving my life. And uh, you know, mountain biking's definitely put me on the edge, but also pulled me off of the edge. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, so grateful um, to the to the yoga community. Um, both are just an international community of so much love and it's just so great to be part of it and so great to be growing alongside of it and then being able to incorporate it into the mental health field. Um, it's just been a dream come true, what we're doing at Mildell Farm. Um, check us out all on Instagram, uh, Mildell Farm Center for Wellness, Vermont Be True Yoga Festival, and Riders of the Storm, MTB. Um, it'd be great if you have any questions or you want to set up a retreat or come to one of our retreats, it'd be so cool to to meet you all listening and uh i really hope to come out here next year and collaborate with you um lisa to set up a um, mountain bike yoga retreat or wellness related retreat and have I you would, also out by us in vermont absolutely i really hope that we can make that happen i we, think that's we will. a we will we will make that happen <laughs> we will make it happen well i think it's a perfect place to to wrap up this conversation for today but thank you so much for opening up we're and not gonna spend any time talking about how awesome you are and no we don't no this you is you have a beautiful baby <laughs> and a loving partner uh, none of that okay it's all about you <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Wes. You got it. Lots of love. <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. And we will be back in a couple of weeks for the next podcast interview. Um, but until then, stay safe, keep your social distancing, and stay dirty, my friends. <laughs>